Greetings, citizens of Earth. You are barking a happy tune with my pal Smurf of Smurf and the Magic Tones on 5280 Geek. Live from the Figus Studios, it is Weekend Geek Update. Smurf here, returning from, oh, a little sabbatical, a little time off. Uh, not that I didn't have time off, but, you know, when you're in town and you still got to work and check on things and, you know, you never get time away. So, so I get the opportunity to go to California and spend some quality time in some theme parks. Oh, it was great. But before I get to that and the wonders that I saw, let's talk about our sponsors, the wonderful and beautiful Suzuki's, who will be at Emerald City. I think that is her first con of the year. She is the crafter of some impressive chainmail jewelry. Go to suzuki's.com, check it out. Or if you're going to be at Emerald City, she will be there with her booth set up and ready to do any adjustments necessary show you some of her stuff i think she said something about a con exclusive i don't know go over to suzyqs.com check it out our other sponsor mr matt campbell over at action line studios who is hard at work as always with the art stuff because he is talented and skilled and one of the most interesting individuals on the planet. He'll tell you all about his life story over a pint. Uh, if you are into Scott's World War II vampires or all of the above, you need to be reading Mythica. Go to his website, order the trade paperback, get caught up before he launches his next Kickstarter for the, the ongoing plight of a, of a Scotsman in, in the Straits. Sorry, I was going to do a Scotsman accent, and I just butchered that. Enter <laughs> uh, in discount code 5280 and get a little surprise. So, there you go. Now, on to my adventures in the theme parks. So, a chance to go to California, and Universal's first up, kind of an impromptu visit, because the next day is going to be Disneyland, but... Universal has Nintendo World, and it is um, absolutely spectacular. Probably one of the best impromptu visits I've ever had. Not, completely new. I think they they, it's, they were actually still working out the bugs. It's not even opened, like open-opened, so they're like, expect delays and all of that. If you want to see some pictures, go over to our Instagram, 5280Geek, and you can see some of the pictures that I took of the land. They only have two rides, but let me tell you, the one ride, Mario Kart, it's 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 everything that I expected a Mario, a real live action Mario Kart would be. You get to throw shells, you get to blow shit up, you get coins. It is probably one of the best ride games I have I've ever been on. Next to one of the other ones, which I'll get to. But it is it is spectacular. If you have not been yet I know a few people actually went for like opening weekend and there's still people going and uh, actually a couple of friends, uh, Indy and Gustavo, I know have been there, but if you are going that way towards Universal Studios, it is a must, absolutely a must. Everything else in Universal about the same, Harry Potter land, got to get your butterbeer on, 
it's fun. It's 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 okay. It's an easy way to spend a day, especially if you do like the back lot tour for for Universal, which is always kind of fun. And you know, it's it's it was it was great. The weather changed. It actually got pleasant. The snow, rain, whatever was coming down has has moved on, and it it, it was a pleasant today. So, the next day, Disney. Genie Pass to get in, Genie, Genie Line, early entrance into the park. <sighs> so spectacular. Star Wars, I'm, I know I am the last one, I think, of the group to finally get to Galaxy's Edge. And oh, holy balls. Um, spectacular. The Falcon ride went four times. Got Wookiee mode. That's right. There is a secret Wookiee mode that is available. With all it is is Chewbacca, Chewbacca yelling at you. It is awesome. So did it four times. Uh, so worth it. The details, all of the interaction. It, it, it is. Huh. I never in a million years ever ever thought my wildest dreams uh, it, it, that would happen. That there would be a Star Wars theme park ever, not a, not even a chance. But everything that they have put into that is beyond amazing. I mean, it is terrific. So, also now there was two things that I wanted to do, and one I decided not to: the droid build and the saber build. Now, the saber build, I already have my own lightsaber. I know that there are better quality sabers out there. Ultra sabers always at the cons. And it seemed like you were a little bit limited, and the experience you got wasn't all that great. And then the droid workshop, where you go in and build your own droid, is worth the money. If there's one thing that you do in Galaxy's Edge, it's build your own droid. Because that was just a blast it was so much fun it's like build a bear but on like elevated 10 times better than anything you could possibly imagine you build your droid they bring it to life they just sink it to the remote um and then you you it interacts with the park you get your own depending upon the package but backpack personality chip accessories galore so fucking worth it so i i did it i had to i had to build a droid so now i have r3 uh what is it what did i give him his number r3 uh r0 yes r no r3 n0 that's it r3 n0 figure it out you'll get it so the um the the droid is great, but you also can it has you it's it's Bluetooth capable capable Jesus it's Bluetooth capable and you can pair it with your phone. You can go to uh, the 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 website. You can download other stuff to him. You can make him dance. He can play games with you. This thing is spectacular and it's quicker than shit like flat surfaces and anything like that fuzzy carpet and you know the the shaggy stuff it may have a little bit of issue but these things got some traction and some steam and holy balls It, it, it just hauls so if there's one thing and let me reemphasize, if you're going to galaxy's edge that you need to do they do take appointments which i would recommend 
we just lucked out when we got there. There wasn't a line. It was still early. We had just finished with Rise of the Resistance and went right into the droid build. So make make an appointment. Go in there. Worth it. And then they have droid daycare, so you don't have to carry it around. But if you get the backpack, you can carry him around, fold it down. He's Bluetooth capable, so he'll interact in the park as he's walk- as you're walking around. He'll make noises. It is, it is the best experience. Now, Rise of the Resistance was another tremendous ride. Again, did it like four times. Uh, ju- uh, holy crap. Just so much fun. And I don't want to spoil anything. Because I, I know there's videos online. And I've avoided watching these videos just because I don't want shit ruined for me. So I'm not going to ruin it for you. And if you've been, you know what I'm talking about. But as you come in after you get captured by the Empire, it's probably one of the the coolest experiences any Star Wars fan, any theme park fan could experience. And and, and the environment's right. It feels like you where you would be is is the temperature and the 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 background and just setting and oh my god so so freaking cool did i say it was cool yet and then of course disneyland is disneyland you know you you have to do the musts haunted mansion pirates of the caribbean the matterhorn space mountain I even did the, the the submarine ride because now it's called little nemo but it's still kind of just a fun Fun little ride from back in the day. Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. I know it's a long line to wait in for a 10-minute ride, but damn it, it's worth it. Little Mermaid, of course, is just kind of fun and a, just a way to get, you know, out of out of the way. And it was like a five-minute wait. No one was in line for that, but that's in uh, California Adventure. So we'll get to California Adventure in a minute. But Disneyland, absolutely great. Perfect. Star Tours, of course. Um, did... Space Mountain a couple times. They slowed down the Matterhorn. Pissed me off. What the hell? Why do you slow down a roller coaster? <sighs> yeah, I know. You could shoot off the tracks and end up mm, pasted across the wall. Anyway. <laughs> Day three. We go to California Adventure. <sighs> Avengers Compound. Awesome. So cool. Guardians of the Galaxy. So, last time we were there was the last day for... Hotel uh, Terror, Terror Hotel, uh, Twilight Zone. I know it's still functioning in Florida, but this was the last day it was up and running. It was going to become Guardians the next day. They were going to start retrofitting and all of that, which made me a little sad. I really do like the Twilight Zone. I'm a huge fan. Rod Sterling, we've gone over this, but to to see the fi- be there for the final day was kind of touching. So getting there... Taking on the Guardians ride, which there are four different scenarios, four different like trips. Did it three times, saw two of them, and oh, uh, oh, great! Such a blast, worth it. The entrance way is like the collector's room. There's some cool trinkets in there. Beta Ray Bill's hammer is in there. There's an Ultron in there. Uh, some uh, Dark Elves gear. They they really went out. the The videos are great with the guardians. You get an animatronic rocket, and it's it's really worth worth the line. The rest of Avengers Compound wasn't bad. You walk by, you know, the Avengers uh, base. I mean, for lack of a better word, 
they've got a Quinjet on top of it. They do some interactive skits, which were fun. But Web Slingers, which is directly across from the Avengers compound, which is the Spider-Man ride, is another fabulous. It's right there with me from Mario Kart. You get to shoot webs. There's a little competition. Uh, I, I ruled on the first time we went through. Went through three times. Ruled. Dominated on the first one. Uh, second one... Uh, I was in the middle of the pack, but that's only because my mine wasn't working on the first go-through, on the first screen. So I was behind on points. And then the third one, yeah, I lost. It was, it was not, I was not happy with that. But regardless, it's worth it. It is amazing. And I don't, again, I don't want to ruin it, but shooting webs and taking out obstacles is a blast. It's so much better than like uh, the Men in Black ride or the Buzz Lightyear ride. It, it, it much more interactive, a lot more fun in my opinion, and it gets that that spidey that spidey itch every once in a while and what it would be like. So you you rest up. You probably want to carb load before you take that ride on because you're tired by the end of it. I'll tell you that much. But enough about my antics across the country. There'll be more of those to come. Go over to our Instagram, 5280Geek, and you will see the pictures, and eventually they will be posted on uh, the Facebook page and our website, 5280Geek.com. So check it out. Now, what the hell's been going on? (sighs) There was a question, and this one came in a little bit later than... um, after last week's podcast, but um, I didn't get a chance to respond to the question while we were doing the podcast. So let me read it and I'll answer the question. Now, the question came in after a follow up to our story that we were talking about with James Gunn taking over DC. Now, the question was Does DC stand a chance with Gunn at the controls and can it save the superhero? film genre and I think that's a fabulous question and I don't know if I answered it or if it was something that was in my mind but uh, I don't know if I spoke to that directly or not we all know that DC has got some skills in the realm of telling stories the comic books have always been their their strength their B characters are sometimes more amazing and outshine the the Trinity and the A-League than I can count John Constantine, although I know a lot of people would argue this with me, is maybe a B or C level character. But the way they write them and how they approach their characters make them more appealing, more approachable. And I think DC, if they continue to focus on the storytelling and the character development and pay little attention to the gripes, the bitches, and everything else that goes on, they they, they do stand a chance. Gun has done an amazing job with Guardians. I know for a fact I was the only Guardians fan before the films. And I know you're going to be like, no, no, Smurf, I was one too. Fine, fine, you can be one too. But I am telling you from experience, nobody knew who the Guardians of the Galaxy were. I knew only because I was reading the comics. Now, if you stay true to the material, at least the character's foundation, there does stand a chance. And we saw that with Guardians of the Galaxy. We have seen that with Peacemaker, which I, to this day, I, I swear up and down, I never thought I would be interested in that show. I, I, I couldn't wrap my brain around the character. I just didn't care. But again, DC's approach to character development and storytelling is very un, 
uncharacteristic. It is very unique in regards to what Marvel's formula is. DC breaks the mold. They go against the grain. They come up with some very compelling, creative ways of making you care about the characters. I care about Peacemaker. I mean, I know it's hard to say. I can't. I, I never thought I would say that. But here I am. I'm singing Peacemaker's praises. I'm excited about another installment for another season. I I I dig it. I'm I'm on board. But not only for Peacemaker. But also the surrounding characters. Vigilante, who just kind of is basically a throwaway villain. He's like, he was, like Deadshot. Just somebody there. The, the you know, the, the just, just someone to fill space as we get to the main story. You know, the Royal Flush Gang. Never really meant to be serious. They're, they're no competition. But here we are seeing these characters in a different light. Does DC stand a chance? Yes. They absolutely do. There are so many characters that have yet to be explored, but it's a slippery slope because here's the lineup. And I don't know. And I know I've covered this, but let's go over it again. Superman legacy movie, the brave and the bold movie, Supergirl, woman of tomorrow movie, the authority and movie swamp thing movie. Um, so we'll start there. All of these. Well, okay. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say that. Um, Superman, interesting. Brave and the Bold, okay, we get another Batman. Hopefully we don't get a retelling. Those two, absolutely. Supergirl, all right, you've got my intention. There has not really been a whole lot of exploration for this character. The Authority, in which I think is probably the best of the movie potential as far as the lineup. This is something that no one has explored. These are characters that are like in the realm of the boys. All right. They, they, they're, they're gritty. They're, they're probably a little more realistic and something the fans can wrap their minds around. This is the guardians of the galaxy. This is the characters that nobody is aware of. That isn't on anyone's radar. And they're going to be like, okay, who are these guys? Unfortunately, I think all of the trades are out of print, and if you can find them, I think it's trade three, which is difficult to come across. But the Authority is going to be the next Guardians of the Galaxy for DC, in my opinion. They have the the biggest potential. They have the quirkiness and the characters that can drive a story. Swamp Thing, we have already seen fail multiple times in multiple venues and genres and all of that. This is not something I think is going to work. And I think out of all of those, Swamp Thing is going to be the dog of the bunch. I don't think it's going to succeed, at least where everyone is hoping for. Creature Commandos, which is an animated TV show. Uh, Waller, TV show. Lanterns, TV show. We'll still up there for a second. Creature Commandos, okay. Animated TV show. Fine. DC always gets animated right. Not a problem. I'm in. Uh, Waller? Okay. Well, I can I can see this. If we keep it in the vein of Peacemaker or Suicide Squad, that could be fun. The Lanterns, I'm scared because uh, Lanterns on Earth? Mm, okay. It's like Doctor Who always stuck in England, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm up for it to a point. And the last two, Booster Gold, which bomb and paradise loss which is iffy for me because we don't know how we're going to approach this is this wonder woman while she's away is this the fall of paradise island it stands to have some very good potential but i'm on the fence on it 
if DC continues to focus on the characters, the B-League, and expanding their stories away from the ones that have been already beaten to death, okay. It raises the question, and I'm going to come back, what happens with the few existing shows that we have left? We have Superman and Lois, we have Gotham Knights, which is coming out, and this is pre-gun, so whether or not he decides to hold on to him remains to be seen. Flash, so far, uh, has been, eh, I mean, we're only two episodes in, and they're trying to tie up loose ends. It is the final season, and uh, I'm okay. I mean, they made it nine seasons. Evidently, we're going to see a whole lot more characters show up, which is fine. And we should. We've got nine seasons of The Flash, not to mention all of the Arrowverse that um, kind of got left in the lurch before they got the, the rug pulled out from underneath them. Flash has been fine. It, they're they're actually, and I think it was like last episode, episode two, we did see kind of a resurface of usual Barry. But there was an element that I was kind of like having fun with because we get the Pied Piper, which we we never really got as a mainstay character, and I think that was a miss. I think that should have been the character for season three instead of the Mad Thinker. And I, that's where we lose Flash, in my opinion. There have been some good seasons, uh, but I think we were just we're seeing some things brought back. We got a new new speedster, which it's any guess on who it is. So I know it's going to go out in the bang. So far, so good. We'll see how how it does. But eh, there's my answer for the question. Thanks. If you have any other questions, please. Please, send them my way. I'd be more than happy to share my nerd knowledge. What else happened? Oh, we had the Super Bowl. I know no one cares. Now we can get on to the most prevalent and true sport, hockey. (laughs) Going into the finals. Can hardly wait. Abs are holding on by fingertips. So my my trip to Dallas to go see the the, the Stars play, the Avalanche has been unfortunately canceled. So... I guess I'll just have to go to the Jersey uh, Avalanche game here in a couple couple weeks. Oh, well. <laughs> On with real sports. Oh, but the ads for the Super Bowl, which everyone always talks about. I mean, it was like movie trailer palooza. It was fun. It was fine. We didn't see too much from the betting aspect, which was fine because I know betting is just going to ruin sports but it, it was it was fine the halftime show just seemed like one big rip off after another as Rihanna stole from just about everybody uh, even Adele who was in the audience uh, I don't know why she decided to do Adele song with her there but Adele had kind of like a cringy face uh, when she started on it and then you know kind of went along with it just like oh, what are you doing to my song it's fine but now sports ball officially over the nerd population can take a a breath a a deep breath breath of release (laughs) what else speaking of stuff coming big announcements uh the colorado festival of horror which everybody hopefully knows at this point that i am involved in and i i am a part of uh the staff over there we've been working diligently we've got our hotel we've got everything set we've got some fun stuff coming i'm so excited about it uh we've got a couple of guests we do they will be announced shortly and tables will be available for vendors april go to 
Colorado Festival of Horror Facebook page, and all of your questions shall be answered there. It is so exciting. I'm I, I, I'm really excited about this year. Year three, new home, new space, and we're bringing some stuff. We've listened to the attendees who were nice enough to fill out constructive cards, not like, oh, it's great, you know, you guys suck, you know, whatever. <laughs> How come you can't get me dinner? You know, it's it's fine. It was great. But upwards, outwards, bigger, better. Keep on the, uh, an eye on the Facebook. Follow us on the Facebook page. So when we do announce, you will, you'll see what we're up to. Uh, what else? Last of Us. Holy balls. This... And I, I know I'm not. I'm trying not to do this every podcast, but just like son of a bitch. But it's it's hard not to talk about it just because it is so good. So you didn't get any feedback from me for episode four, and I'm not going to go backwards. Episode five is the most recent one, and I know we'll be seeing episode six this Sunday. So what do I think? If I didn't say it before, holy balls! This was. Uh, a, a one of the best gruesome deaths I've ever seen. I mean, this was awesome, and we finally get to see the 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 bloater, the bloaties, uh, in their full regalia. It was so amazing. I mean, it was Romero needs to take notice because this was had to be a tribute to him as. The, the clickers come rushing out of the ground, and it just made me feel like just charging rampant zombies instead of the staggering ones. It was so well done, so well executed. And then, of course, the carnage that ensues, and to have um, Rose from Two and a Half Men involved, she's the baddie for the last couple of episodes, she was I mean, it was like seeing her in an entirely different light. I thought she was amazing. It was spectacular to see her just full on psychopath. Uh, it was it was great, and they're even like quoting stuff from Romeo and Juliet. They're staying, I, I think, having the creators involved and them having the flexibility to make decisions that make sense versus just someone thrown in there like ah this won't work let's well, let's throw just throw this in there having the video game creators involved in this has made the world of difference and um to to my point the quote uh, is uh these violent delights have violent ends and they're referring to a phrase from Romeo and Juliet. But it was often said in Westworld. So they're just kind of like bringing all of these things together. And um, the creators went on to say, I think it's important to show that when you are dead set on using violence to settle the score and win the day, you're going to probably get uh, some used by that yourself. So they're... They're teaching us lessons. These are these are lifelong lessons. <laughs> in other words, be careful what you put out there because it's gonna come back and literally bite you in the ass, or at least it 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 could. It looks like for the next episode, we finally get to see the brother who we haven't seen since the first episode. So, what happens next is anyone's guess. Because again, I never played the game, but I think I'm think I'm gonna have to. Well, what else we got going on? Speaking of shows, there's a couple things that have popped up that I'm a little annoyed with. Well, first of all, finished 
uh, season two of Vox Machina. And this has to be the most spectacularly done animated D&D campaign show of all time. I, in fact, it, not knowing that it's based on a campaign, you would never know. Because this is, it's, it's that well put together. It's that well organized. And the pitfalls, the character development, the, the scenery, the background, everything that's going on is just so well interlaced. And whoever, if, if the DM, if this is based off the DM's notes or their story for their campaign, hire that man or woman. Whoever wrote that campaign, they need a job in Hollywood because I cheered. I I got misty. I felt sad. I cheered a couple of times. I don't get emotional. I don't do this. What is this? Emotions over a cartoon, over characters I don't even know? But it's not true. I do know them. And I care about them. And even though none of them in the beginning appealed to me, I don't like gnomes. What kind of character is a gnome? He's a football. He's got a pointy hat. He's annoying. He's not. He's a minstrel. He's magic. He's he's a whore. And it is probably one of the most compelling and deep characters of the bunch. All of them are. All of them have this reservoir of uh, of platitudes and just uh, they're they're so well comprised. And I'm sure the 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 DM for this campaign is writing in response to how the characters have been played. And even so, if this is based on the group and how they responded, they did a hell of a lot better than a lot of my campaigns ended up because, you know, I would probably have already been dead. (laughs) Let me get this straight. You pay for the armor? Yes. So, inside joke. The characters have been just wow. That's all I can say is just, wow, I don't cheer at cartoons, animated shows, but I did. I, I absolutely cheered. I absolutely jumped up and, and because there's a, the last couple of episodes that came out while I was gone aired. So I get back, I get caught up. And the last few episodes just just had me completely drawn in hook, line and sinker didn't eat didn't drink, didn't do anything, just just in completely engrossed. And probably the best the best time I'd had just sitting at home doing nothing in a very long time. This is the way character development, this is the way it can work. This is how stories are told. And I don't know, we haven't heard anything yet from Netflix, and I haven't heard anything from my source yet, or excuse me, Amazon, on the renewal for Season 3. I already knew going in that we were going to get Season 1 and 2 of Vox Machina. Now, I haven't heard anything about Season 3. I'm hoping that we do see it. There's still more dragons to slay, there's still more jewels to find, and there's still more character development to happen, because... We're in the midst. We're in the middle of it. I know how I know how campaigns end. I've had my fair share of them and we're not near the end. There's more story. There's more roles. There's more stuff. And I'm in. So then on the other side of this, and this is where I'm going, Velma season two has been greenlit by HBO. 
Now, everyone knows my opinion on this, but I'm going to reshare it. This is garbage. This is a horrible show. This is the worst idea and story idea and characters ever written and should be burned off of the planet with whatever means necessary. I am not the only one to share this consent. In fact, I have had messages directly sent to me saying, and emails even, you're right on point on this. This is a god-awful show. So how this gets a second season is beyond me. I have warned people not to watch it. I am not the only one preaching this. There are plenty of other people out there, and I know the trolls are going to be trolls, but sometimes the trolls get it right, and I don't even know if it's the trolls going off about it. It's actually people that are wanefully optimistic in the world of comic books, me being one of them. I am always asking for something new, something different. This is not it. You're not even staying true to what the characters are, or could be, or should have been, or any of it. So to see this get a second season when other shows were more deserving, more in need of a second season, this is what wins. Yeah. <laughs> Did I say yeah? I'm sorry. I don't mean to rant, and I'm sure that this is probably coming off of, as a bit hostile. And that's fine. I don't get hostile all that often. I get emotional. Not really, but, you know, for me, I guess. I jump up and down. I cheer. I, I, I mean, if, if, if I'm so compelled, I'll do it. The only thing that this compelled me to do is turn it off. Find something else. Block this show. That's what it compelled me to do. Right? Wrong? Whatever. Just no. So please, Amazon, I compel you. The power of the Smurf compels you. Bring Vox Machina for Season 3. Just sign it up. Let them finish the story because I want to see where it goes. I want to see how it ends. And I don't say that all the time. I mean, sometimes I do. I get it. But there are a lot of times I don't. I don't care. I care. I love these characters. I never thought I would say that. Looking, listening to you know prior podcasts, people even telling me they're like, "You, you really weren't on board for this." I know, I wasn't, and I am the first person to say, when it's worth watching, when it's worth tuning in, you got to do it. And this is this is the one. This is the one. This is the way I have spoken. <laughs> also, speaking of uh, just hitting the airwaves, I will not discuss this yet. Uh, but Picard season three episode one is up in Paramount Plus, so go check that out. What else we got? We've got oh, um, Shadow and Bone season two trailer landed. Speaking of getting a second season, Shadow and Bone was absolutely deserving of a second season. Now, uh, what happens is really a good question, and it's been a while since we've seen this show. This was all the way back in April of 2021. This is during the blip, and I'm, I have to go back and watch it, but I was actually really compelled and enjoyed this. I like that they combined the first couple of books together to make a, a decent story. Red was telling me about it and filling me in because I had questions. I always have questions. Uh, this, however, will effectively wrap up the Shadow and Bone trilogy at the end of this season. But they are saying that there is a lot of room for their, to expand on this. In fact, they were directly quoted 
There's a lot for us to cover, of course. It can be far more than three seasons because Lay's just written so many books and there's a lot of ground for us to cover. I feel like this is going to remain strong and healthy even at four seasons and beyond, but who knows? And I agree. The first season was it was compelling. I got hooked. There, there were other shows that were very similar, I feel, at the time. This did stand out to me. This was, without reading the books, something I was, I was in for. And it, maybe it just hit me at the right time. It's difficult to say. So, we'll see. Uh, this will be premiering, um, according to the trailer, March 16th. So, if you want, I will post the trailer on the website, 5280geek.com. So, if you want to go over there and check out the the, the trailer, it, the special effects, the characters. I just love the costuming that's involved in this show. It's so elegant and just oh, so on point. In movie news, following up actually first on one of our stories that I was speaking of last week or last podcast... Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Yes, it is a thing. And they're doing a sequel. Now, according to uh, the director, uh, Ray's Frank Waterfield, he has shared with The Hollywood Reporter that he, explain, he, he plans to expand his collection of twisted childhood-based horror movies to include more public domain figures like Bambi and Peter Pan. <laughs> Uh, yeah, just let that soak in for a second. Um, this is a direct quote. Uh, the idea is that we're going to try and imagine they're all in the same world so we can have crossovers. People have been, uh, messaging saying they really want to see Bambi versus Pooh. Bambi versus Pooh would be, uh, a quite, quite the sight in my opinion, but, um, we'll, we'll see how far that go uh how far that goes uh he went on further to say there are many 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 other ideas out there which aren't tied to disney loads of old fairy tales and urban legends concepts and uh, synonyms with our childhood or excuse me synonyms synonymous synonymous i'm gonna read his quote i should probably read it uh synonymous with our childhood and they're the ones which i want to build up into a twisted alternate reality now Okay, <laughs> people people are gonna do what people are gonna do. I don't know how I feel about you know blood and honey. I've yet to see it. I really do. If you've got it, um, send it to me. Yes, gift it to me. Um, everyone wants to buy me a coffee. By all means, buy me buy me blood and honey, and uh, I'll let you because I want to watch this. I'm very curious how it looks because even just like the trailer and the the poster looks just a little lowbrow but you know maybe it just works for the film public domain is a slippery slope and i want to preface this first by saying i i I don't think they're bastardizing anyone's childhood but this is just (laughs) it's just wrong i mean cocaine grizzly is one thing but you know a demonic bambi coming for you is just i mean i guess it's fair fair is fair let's get bambi the his due to get out there and smoke a couple hunters which would actually be kind of funny and probably better than that horrible horror film antler i saw last year which is fine i'm all for it again like i said i'm always up for new stories this is definitely a whole new way we can go 
and uh, it's it's fine. It's fine. Also, in movie news, uh, a new Riddick movie is uh, in the works, actually. Uh, this is coming from the director. Vin Diesel is set to return to his beloved franchise, and it's not Fast and the Furious. It is actually the Chronicles of Riddick. So we're going to see the continuation of the story, which I'm not sure wh- how this is going to work, because according to the synopsis that I have... In the new film, Riddick finally returns to his home world, a place he barely remembers, and one he fears might be left in ruins by the Necromongers. But there he finds other Furians fighting for their existence against a new enemy, and some of these Furians are more like Riddick than he could ever imagine. Okay. I mean, that's fine. The uh, quote directly from Vin Diesel, Our legions of fans had demanded it for years, and now we're finally ready to honor their call to action with Riddick, Furia, and uh, collaborating with uh, everybody that has been part of this for the last 20 years to get this going. Now, um, okay, I guess. I mean, I'm wanting him to go to under Underverse, Underworld, under whatever, somebody's bed that it's hiding under the last 10 years. Is it too long? In Red's book, I already know the answer to the question. You missed your window. It's done. You're over. Move on. And I'm surprised they have time in between the Fast and the Furious filming schedule because that's all it seems that he is able to produce. I'm curious. I'm very inclined to see this. I like the Riddick story. I think it is... It's fun. It's a different world and a different take on sci-fi. And it does have that you know, opus kind of feel to it. I don't know about going back to his planet. I think some things are left best unsaid. Some things are best left in your imagination. Like Joker's real name, you know, Wolverine's past, things like that. You don't need to know. The story that they're going to come up with isn't even going to compare to the reality. It's, you know, again, it's not Star Wars. It's not something that, you know, we need to know. It just definitely paints a picture in your mind that, okay, these guys were the the original badasses. This is, you know, heavy metal style Lochnar story of this colossal woman that can kick ass and flies a pterodactyl. I mean, just, just leave it where it's at. Let Vin Diesel be the only Furian that is out there. I like that idea. No other details floating around on this just yet. They uh, evidently have a script. It is done. It is written. And everything is uh, good to go. So expect to see this probably in the, I would say, next couple of years at least. Last bit of movie news. uh, Quantum Mania, Ant-Man and the Wasp, which I have been eagerly awaiting, premieres this weekend. So what do we know going into it? This is supposed to be the pivotal point for the multiverse saga. There's also been rumors that this also has a very key focal point to potential secret wars. There's also some major characters that get shown off in this. And Modoc is one of them. We've seen him in the the trailers. I'm I'm never been a Modoc fan. I just don't get a, a head in a jar or a chair with little stubby arms. Fine, whatever. I know the character, and, and, and I know there's a lot of MODOK fans out there, and I kind of tried to watch a little bit of the, the show 
uh, Dom turned me on to it and was like, eh, you should watch this. Thanks, Dom. It was funny. It was entertaining. Uh, and I might come back if they do another season. It, Patton Oswald is just voicing too much stuff in my mind. That's That was more of the turnoff than the show. I'm just tired of hearing Patton Oswald's voice like the go-to voice for everything. So, eh, it's fine. But, Quantum Mania has a lot of key points moving forward. Now, it's doing well so far with the fans and the people that have already seen the sneak screeners and all of that. Critics are mm, leaning more towards nay, which gives us hope. <laughs> but the important question, the question that no one has asked, are there post-credit scenes? Yes, in fact, there are. There is a mid-credit scene and a final credit scene that you need to stay in your seat for. And evidently, they are not just throwaway scenes. These are setting up something of a larger sense. So, don't go. Don't leave. It's important to future events. And then everyone's going to be talking about it. And you're going to be like, I left before the credits were over. Don't. Don't do that. Don't. You paid top dollar. You should get your money's worth. Uh, This just in, well, it's not just in, but it's something that caught my eye. Uh, Faulty Towers is returning with John Cleese, and nobody cares. (laughs) I know this is one of Britain's greatest shows, and I agree. It is spectacular. I also know the crew from Red Dwarf is celebrating 35 years, and they're trying to come back for another season. These shows are great. They were funny, they were original, and it was something unlike anything we had seen before, but the time has moved on. I'm sure John Cleese is still as funny as ever. Do we need another Faulty Towers? No. And I know a lot of people are sitting there, what's Faulty Towers? And I know that they put the old show for a screening for people to kind of get feedback, and a lot of people didn't get it. Okay. It's, you know, just, just... Google it. <laughs> there are some funny scenes. John Cleese, let me tell you, is on point. He was, and probably still, I mean, he still is, a comic genius. But we're talking a substantial difference in age. It'd be like watching Chevy Chase try to do his pratfalls that he used to do at the opening of Saturday Night Live. There are limitations. There are times where you do a hard line in the sand and say, I can't I can't really do that. And part of the, the comedy is John Cleese acting and reacting erratically the new john cleese the current john cleese is much more stoic and much more kind of deadpan in his delivery and it just how he does it is great and it's very condescending and that's 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 where the joke is damn it this faulty towers i wish you luck i don't know if i'm gonna watch it but uh we'll see In comic book news, something that I normally wouldn't talk about, but just simply because of who is involved, it caught my eye. Dark Horse released Masters of the Universe number one this week. Tim Seeley, Seeley, Tim Seeley, is the the driving force behind the creative team. There are a lot of people involved, but he's the main writer for this, and the artists are plentiful. This actually, I read it online. I didn't buy the book, but I'm actually probably going to go buy it because that's what I do. Read online. If I like it, I'll go buy the actual issue. But this was kind of fun just simply because it is, Tim Seeley has done a lot of stuff for Batman and DC, and he does a lot of superhero books. So they're doing this approach to He-Man Masters of the Universe, and uh, it's kind of a prequel 
to He-Man and the multiverse. I was I was kind of like, meh, as soon as I read multiverse, I was like, hey, this is going to suck. I'm tired of multiverses. It's like Marvel latched onto it, and now everyone else is trying to do their own version of the multiverse, especially with the Flash trailer that we saw. I mean, I'm not going to lie, Michael Keaton in the Batsuit did give me chills. But have He-Man do it, I don't think is necessary. But it was a decent read. I I I kind of had fun with it. And if you're a He-Man fan, this is a definite must. They didn't really butcher any of the characters. They're very faithful and true to the the the, the mythos, the legend of He-Man. In addition to kind of expanding a little bit on the the multiverse and what He-Man is where and what that one is doing and it was it was entertaining. It was a fun read. So if you're looking for something different, or again, like I said, if you're a He-Man fan, this might be something you might uh, check out from Dark Horse. And that looks like time for today. Don't want to take too much up. In fact, I'm going to be leaving shortly to go see Quantumania. <laughs> Come on, I got to get out there. I got to see this film, the one Marvel film that I've been waiting the most for finally here and then uh later i plan on watching clarkson's farm season two is up on amazon oh i am so excited to watch that that show i know it's i know it's not top gun top gear and I, I know it's not uh grand tour whatever they're calling it these days on amazon but it's clarkson you know and i kind of i kind of like the guy i know he's kind of uppity and a little uptight but he just is i don't know he's very ambitious he's he's got a certain perspective that makes me laugh i know he's had some run-in with production teams and has said the wrong thing at the wrong time like many of us do in our on our lives as we move and navigate through them but i just i just I, i admire the man that he just continues to keep trying things he doesn't give up he keeps coming at it and yes, I know his answer to most things is more power, and it is very Tim Allen-ish of him, but more speed, but it's it's fine. I enjoyed season one, especially when he's the butt of his of the majority of the jokes. And he lets it he, he just lets it go. And he just he, he can laugh at himself, which let's face it, in this day and age, if you can't laugh at yourself, you really need to take a break can't take life too seriously you'll never make it out alive heard that and on that bombshell we shall say goodbye (laughs) i'll be back next week before uh hitting the road for another con another adventure and lord knows what else may happen but in the meantime tell all your friends about us give us a like give us a share but run fast laugh hard and always be kind good night